This week's podcast is sponsored by His Glorious Draconic Majesty Cordis, the Almighty, the Ever-Living Flame, Destroyer of Life, Scourge of the Northern Reaches and the Southern Reaches and the Reaches in Between, Burner of the Unburnt and Killer of Bunnies. Did, did I read that right? All the tabletop roleplay news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. It is now the 2020s, the roaring 20s. Quick, quick. And I, as always, am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ, and with me today is... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. Russ, as ever, it's an absolute delight to be here. In Um, the 1920s. Well, it's twenties, but yeah, we can go for the 1920s as well. Uh, I've got a bit of Lindy Hop, got a bit of Charleston going. Um, what can I say? I'm a big fan of Art Deco, which obviously means that I obviously like triangles. Isn't it Prohibition as well? Is that the 20s? Yeah, I'm not so much a fan of that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're not alone, by the way. We, we, we are not. We are terribly alone. rude here. We are being terribly rude. This is our want. Uh, because we also have a guest from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers, who is, I suppose, also something to do with this whole old school revival scene uh the one the only emmy cave girl alan hello emmy hello i i'm who they introduced me as hi yes. uh, strong and dedicated <laughs> listeners may remember emmy has the mind behind uh the uh gardens of in or yin um and the stygian library cool. or stygian library, <laughs> if, library. if you are the Two percent of people who speak things like us, which is a whole two percent of people that agree with me. Fantastic. No, no, I think I'm more. I mean, milk. that's how I pronounce it. So, <laughs> oh, there you go. You've heard it here first. Stygian Library, and everyone just using Stygian is just right. wrong, like some sort of plebiscite. Well, but also, I believe, is holding in their hands a very exciting book. Ooh, esoteric enterprises. I know, it's looking very Illuminati. Hmm. And Emmy will be telling us about this later, I hope. Ooh, nice big hardcover too. Hardcover, nice. full colour illustrations. Nuts. Mm. We might even weigh it later as well. Oh, yes, yes. Almost like I told you to get the kitchen scales out. Which I haven't done. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right then, shall we get on with some news? Yes, let's. Some 1920s, 1920s, 2020s news. Let's get on with some 1920s news. <laughs> what was happening in role-playing in the 1920s? Well, a great deal of book of Yeah, not an awful lot. Not an awful lot. Yeah. Okay, um, some 2020s news. Oh, okay. That would be much more productive. That would be more more, more, more interesting, at least. Okay, so um, would you like some stats? Ooh. I know stats are your favourite thing of all time. Oh, yes. Why mm. not? Hit me well, up with some of those stats. Well, you know D&D Beyond does those... Graphics and charts and stats and things of all the characters yes. and stuff. Yes. They uh, they did one of uh, what level characters people are using. Oh, interesting. And guess what? Is it less than 10? There's more than 10 characters. Oh, the level's less than 10. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, nobody is playing high-level characters. Well, no one on D&D happened. Beyond is playing high-level well, characters. Well, yeah, no one on D&D Beyond is playing high-level characters. Yeah. So here's the chart, look. Okay. So we've got a chart which is very heavily... Why do they have zero on there? Okay. Uh, zero means insignificant amount. So oh. uh, they've got level zero. Oh, level zero. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know why there's a level zero. I don't know why I started. That, that was zero. probably just a spreadsheet or something. That or if somebody's doing it properly and running a funnel. 
Oh, oh, oh. Like, I don't know if 5th Ed has that yet. But there's going to be people that... Third, I'm sure there's a third yeah, party. Yeah, there's bound to be third party yeah. stuff for it. Also, third you'll notice thing. nobody actually has zero-level characters there, so... Yeah. So, like, the overwhelming majority there is... Oof, what's that? 26, 27... Nearly 50% of characters are played in the level 5. Yeah. Well, the big, big spike there is from 3 to 5, isn't it? 3 to 5 is very... And that makes a lot of sense. That's when you get your um, Your relevant subclass. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, apart from clerics and druids, obviously. But yeah, a lot of people get their stuff out. Yeah, levels 1 and 2 are the training wheels levels. Like, now the fun stuff kicks in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you said under 10. I think if you look at this, it looks like the cutoff really is around about 6, isn't it, really? Yeah. Because then by the time you get to 7, 8, and 9, that's dropping really quite low. Yeah. And by the time you get to, you know... 12 and 13. So, so in a shocking turn of events, level 4 spells make running a game super hard. Hmm. Well, it also, I guess, is partly because of what products are available. There's also because what products are available. Because most of the um, official adventures yes. don't go up that high, do they? Well, it gets 10, 12. Yeah, and that's basically where it runs out. Yeah. If yeah, if you stop playing partway through or go quicker than normal, you're going to yeah. end before, like... Yeah. Um, or, well, to be fair, I'd expect you'd probably gain the levels. But yeah, you've got your official ventures. A lot of that stuff's going to be homebrew. And yeah, yeah it's yeah. really hard running. And then I'll put 16 to 19, zero. Oh. I mean, it's not literally zero. It just means in, you know, statistically yeah. There's significant There's very little. Uh, um, but you have the but significant... You've got a little bump at 20. And I bet, bet we can guess yeah. what that is. That's people making experimental builds at 20. Uh, experimental builds, but also for playing, there are definite campaigns which are like, yeah, let's play at level 20. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, possibly, yeah. There might be that too. Or alternatively, if you keep on playing long enough, you're going to cap out at 20. So uh, Maybe. Um, unless it's like sort of a natural sort of uh, doorstop, as it were, where things yeah. keep on running into all caught up on the uh, level 20. Yeah. yeah. No, it's entirely possible. Um, I know, for instance, our local board game shop, Borden City on Onslow Road, what they do is they often run uh, level 20 campaign, level 21 offs. Mm. But yeah, like sustained play at that sort of level is very hard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, under 10% of games make it past 10th level, if you look at those stats. Yep. So 90% of them are a 10th level or below. Um, but, uh, and, and the stats they're using, 30 million characters we use to compile those stats. Ooh. That's how many characters there are on D&D Beyond. Wow. That's ridiculous, isn't it? That's a... So, what, of 30 million characters, 2% are level 20? Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's a couple of thousand. There's supposed to be about 40 million D&D players worldwide at the moment. And there's 30 okay. million characters. I don't know how those two numbers would interact, but... But, yeah, I mean, not everyone's on D&D Beyond. And, or, and a lot of people reasons. make multiple characters, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if you don't have six characters, then what are you even doing on D&D Beyond? That's what I say. Okay. I keep on having to <laughs> delete them. <laughs> yeah. Well, talking of stats, by the way... Yeah? Um, you know our poll for the uh, favourite... RPG podcasts of 2019. The prestigious EN World favourite podcast of 2019, yes. which has both actual play and um, RPG talk podcasts. Well, the voting has ended. Ah. The results have been tallied. Yes. And yes. I'll reveal them next week. Hey. <laughs> that's a cliffhanger, that is. That is a cliffhanger. That oh. is a cliffhanger. Oh, yeah, so yeah. the most anticipated RPG poll oh, yeah, so, yeah. ends on the 4th, which is, what is it today? The 3rd. So it ends tomorrow. So by the time people hear this, it will event not the poll, the nomination stage. Yeah. So um, early next week, people will be able to start voting on that to work yes. out what the most anticipated RPG of twenty twenty is. I'm really struggling with these dates at the moment. <laughs> well done. Yeah. 
Um, Pelgrim Press yes. um, released a 5e conversion of their epic 360-page campaign Eyes of the Stone Thief. Well, they've released a part conversion I'm aware of. Yeah. Um, they've done a couple of levels. Um, I've never played Eyes of the Stone Thief. Would love to play it in 13th Age because that is a yeah. rocking system. But yeah, they've only done a couple of levels converted to 5e. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Okay. The Moor and the Gauntlet. Right. Specifically, those two levels. Yeah. So it was originally for 13th Age, and it's about a giant living dungeon yeah, that, that chases you around and tries to kill you. Yeah, yeah, that's part of the conceit of the 13th Age world, that dungeons um, are these bizarre dungeon keeper-esque things, because they are essentially sentient life forms evolved to uh, give you a hard time. Hmm. Which I quite like, don't you, Emmy? It's like a Sarlacc, but... Estonia. Yeah. 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 And with fewer Boba Fett's in it. Mm, not if your GM's doing it properly. <laughs> <laughs> Full of Boba Fett, full of them. Right, what else have we got in the news? Yes. Paizo has announced the next Starfinder Adventure Bath. Ooh. It's called the Threefold Conspiracy. Yes. And it uh, goes from 1st to 13th level. Nice. And it's a web of intrigue following the disappearance of a crew member. Mm-hmm. And the first adventure is called The Chimera Mystery by Jesse Kelsey. Kesley. Is that the photo friend? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Kesley. <laughs> Okay, Jesse Kesley. Right. Yes, uh, it's coming out. That first adventure is coming out in February of 2020. Fantastic. Not 1920. That would be impressive. Yes, if less useful. Yeah. Uh, Especially because it would now be out of copyright. Oh, this is this is fun. Everything in the US in 1924 uh, and before is now out of copyright. So Good this, times. This including is, the Wizard of Oz film, which is ooh, really yeah. This isn't so much RPG news, ah. but it's kind of tangentially game-related news. But a yeah. game designer appeared on a American television show called People's Court yeah. over a lawsuit in a, <laughs> uh, in a lawsuit over a deal with a publisher. Uh-huh. And it's a designer called um, Kelsey Devoir. That's why I got confused by Kesley a minute ago. Ah. Because it's Kesley did that adventure, and yeah. this is uh, Kelsey Devoir. Wow, the news really has been <laughs> epically slow over the past couple of weeks. <laughs> because I actually know what you're talking about. <laughs> Have you heard about this case? No. Okay. Uh, yeah. well, you can talk then. Well, how as I understand it, um, Kelsey's a board game designer, sold a board game to a company with the condition that if they didn't print it within like two years or something, um, the company would pay the designer $500. Mm-hmm. Um, two years passed, no board game released. Said, can I have my $500, please? And they're like, nope, we don't on the lawsuits. And this went exactly as well for them <laughs> as you'd expect. Yeah. So this is a, a recipe-themed mm-hmm. card-matching game. Mm-hmm. Exciting. Yeah. And uh, the uh, CEO of the publisher, called, he's called Mark Goldner. Yes. Uh, and he said, we aren't afraid of attorneys and terminated contract. Brave decision. At which point, uh, Kelsey Devoir, I, I, it might not be Devoir, it might be... Devoir? Yeah, but, you know, me and saying people's names, it's yeah. not my forte. Okay. Um, filed a lawsuit, and then uh, three days later, they appear on uh, the People's Court, which basically is legally binding because it's an arbitration. Yes. But it just happens to be on TV, and it's That's entertaining as well. Apparently, I've not seen it. Yeah. I suppose it's like those... Um, Judge Judy? Judge Judy and stuff like that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well. Uh, so, yeah, according to this, People's Court originally created in 1981, Judge Joe Wapner, uh, originally, and currently it's Judge Marilyn uh, Millian. Oh, really? 
So what was the result of the arbitration? Okay, okay. so this episode was uh, in November, yeah. and Devoir not only won the damages, nice. uh, but because Goldner breached the contract first, that contract was null and void, and so all rights to the recipe game reverted back to Devoir. So um, Devoir got their board game and $500, yes. and can now sell it to whoever they like. But the story doesn't quite end there. Bum, bum, bum. Because Goldner yeah. has now made legal threats both to Devoir and to the People's Court to prevent the episode from being aired. If we throw him a shovel, do you think he'll stop digging? (laughs) (laughs) I assume that happens pretty much every single time someone loses a case on a show like this. The loser starts... Trying to check that. Yeah. 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 I imagine it happens... I expect they're really, really used to it. Yeah. Yeah. I would have thought. Thought. Yes. Yeah, well, more on that as it comes then, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh... Right, By Night Studios. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, they are uh, people who make LARP products for Vampire the Masquerade. Oh, yes, And yes. other World of Darkness stuff. Yes. Uh, has bought out one of their new owners um, after several controversial social media posts were made. Oh, really? Um, so a chap called Shane Robinette. Did they say something like, I don't know, dogs are better than cats? Well, no, because that would be perfectly correct. Oh, I see. And non-controversial. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, He uh, was talking about immigration. Oh, okay, yes. In America, I assume. I'm guessing this is in America. Uh, He says, uh, he said, a a few dozen illegal immigrants die on the border from automated drones and 50 caliber. They will slow to a trickle. And he said, how else do you stop them? A fence isn't working. Right, so let's gun down people attempting to enter the country. Yeah. Right, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so By Night Studios have uh, basically apologised to the community and he, Robinette has stepped down from his position and the rest of the group is buying him out now. So yeah, he's yeah. now leaving leaving the organisation completely. Yeah, yeah. A By Night Studios apologises on behalf of its people and thinks that we probably shouldn't be shooting people without due cause. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Or at all, really, yeah, to yeah. be honest. Well, they are Americans. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so um, Shane Robinette has um, like, uh, deleted his Facebook and Twitter accounts now as well, presumably. Probably. Yeah, 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 I would have thought. Yeah. There's some new cute plastic figures, figurines yeah. of adorable power from Ultra Pro. Pro. Oh, yeah. yeah licensed D&D things, and uh, this oh. is them. Oh, yeah, so that's tiny. It's like a little, little bear owl. A chibi... Bear owl. Yeah, Mimic. Yes. A hippo? That, oh, that's a hippo with a monocle. I think that's uh, from Star Jammer. Okay. Yeah. Is that um, a... Uh, yeah. That's, that's Beholder. Looks ill. Yeah. A Beholder and a... Flump. Flump, yes. 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 Yeah. Um, I think yeah, that's some so, sort of hippo mercenary in Star Jammer. So this is yeah. Flump, Gazer. Yes. Gif. Oh, yes. Mimic. Owlbear. And a red dragon, which is the bottom one there. Yes. And each one is three and three quarter inches tall and twelve ninety nine. That's good to know. They're very cute. Yes. And I don't want one. I think but they're uh, very cute. Already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Uh, oh, Cubicle 7. Yes. You know they're not doing Middle Earth anymore. No. It's what your then? last chance to get in on their stuff. And there's a big uh, humble bundle mm-hmm. with 
like uh, Adventures in Middle Earth Players Guide and mm-hmm. uh, lots of different supplements and stuff. So mm-hmm. if you're if you're thinking of trying to grab their stuff yes. before they no longer have it, yes. now's a good time to get them all at a, like a, yeah. a rock bottom price. Seize the penguins, get in. Yeah, um, yeah. it goes till January the fifteenth. Okay. So you got what is it now? The third. Yeah. So you got ten days. Yeah, ten yeah. ten days to get in there and buy basically the entire catalogue. Yes. Which I'm going to do. Yes. Yeah. Bearing in mind, you're probably listing on like January 4th or later, so you probably will have less time. Mm. January 15th, that's your deadline. Go, go, go. Yeah. Uh, right. Stats. More stats from yes. ICV2. Ooh, more stats. Summer. Yes. 2019. Yes. That quarter has come in. Yes. And yes. that is the quarter that Pathfinder 2 was released. Interesting. Right on the tail end of that quarter. Have you seen Pathfinder 2, Emmy? Yeah, it's kind of hilarious. Like, Pathfinder mm-hmm. started out as, we don't like change, let's make 3.5 again. And mm. now Pathfinder 2's come out and it's, let's make 4th ed. Mm. It's, I quite like It really works, yeah, I like if Pathfinder you liked too. what that game's going for. Yeah, a sort of uh, remix of 4th ed, but with a strong 5th ed uh, base mechanic. I, I still think it's closer to 2nd ed, but, you know. No. It's certainly in feel to me. Well, it seems to imply that it's got its own thing going on then. Mm. If we've got three different opinions between three different people who presumably have some idea what they're talking yeah. about. About two people. But anyway, these stats, obviously they come out every quarter. Yes. And so this is May to August. Yes. And Pathfinder came out in August at yes. Gen Con. Yes, that's right. So it's right on the tail end of this. Yeah. But, uh, so D&D's come in first, unsurprisingly. Yes. Yeah. Pathfinder 2 has come in second. Nice. Uh, and then we have Shadowrun 6th edition. Yes. Then we have Vampire 5th edition. Mm-hmm. And then the current Star Wars RPG. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, so interesting, not one of those is <laughs> an original pop. Everything's in a, a later edition of something previous. Yeah. Um, we've got D&D 5th edition, Pathfinder 2nd yeah. edition, Shadowrun 6th edition, Vampire 5th edition. And how many Star Wars games have there been? Mm. Oh, uh, well, Three? this is what, yeah. Got at least one yeah. Western West games. games, the D20 ones. The D20 yes. one, the one with funny dice, there's the really old one, and there's another one at the moment, isn't there? Is there? I think the one with funny dice is the yeah, most current one, yeah, yeah. Unless they've got a new one with funny dice. Yeah. Well, uh, well, last time, in yes. sp- the, the last chart, which was spring 2019, Pathfinder was right at the bottom of the chart. Yeah. But that's expected. As soon yeah. as you announce a new edition, people stop buying the old one. Makes and obviously, sense. they can't buy the new one, so, so the brand drops right down. Okay. Until the new edition comes out, mm-hmm. um, but Starfinder was up there, quite high, and it's dropped right off the chart now. Yeah. So I don't know what that says for Starfinder. That people like Pathfinder Two better. I don't know. I don't Everybody's know. Everybody's already bought that book. Yeah. Anyone um, who's interested in D and D in space has bought yeah, it. Yeah, it's not just core cool rule books they're talking about though. They're talking okay. about you know the rules. Yeah, the, the game like the D and D at the top doesn't just mean the player's handbook. It means no. you know everyone and all this sort of stuff is being no. sold. Yeah, but what have they? I mean, they brought out the what's it operative manuals and the ship owner manuals. Yeah, yeah, they brought out a that few things. Yeah, a couple of things, but yeah, I mean that's fairly minor. It's not like they've got a big adventure pathway. Mm. Like whereas we've had what three at least for fifth ed. Yeah, and um, like Shadow Red is basically new, but they've released. At least one of the major story properties. There's been two or three adventure paths for Starfinder. I mean, we just announced oh. one about a minute ago, didn't we? Did we? Yeah, literally a minute ago. Uh, yeah, but that one's not out there, is it? <laughs> no, but that's, that's, that's the latest made. one. I, I, I don't remember announcing any Starfinder stuff, so okay. Okay, okay. then. 
Daryl, but you just when you when you edit this, can you just do a quick snapback of of Peter actually talking about this topic a minute ago, just to prove that he did? Paizo has announced the next Starfinder adventure path. Ooh, it's called the Threefold Conspiracy. Yes, Mm -hmm. and the first adventure is called the Chimera Mystery by Jesse Kelsey Kesley. Is that the phone friend? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go with Kesley. (laughs) What was it called, this Starfinder since it came out? Do you remember talking about this Yeah, there's something about a chimera and missing crew people and it's all in space or something. You don't remember this conversation we literally just had? No. Wow. Yeah. What were you saying about early onset (laughs) dimension? (laughs) Oh, sorry. When you you listen to the podcast tomorrow, whenever you listen to it, listen out for that, you talking about this. (laughs) So... If anybody's listening to this before they edit it, yes. what you do is you snip out the Pathfinder announcement and it, make it makes it look like everyone's just going completely <laughs> mad. That's ah, a strong, strong choice there. Yeah. Right. Anyway, yes. um, um, there, were, there were some observations on this. One is that core D&D books yes. are not growing in hobby stores. Well, no, they'll be saying the same size for us. <laughs> no, no, they grow them on trees, but just not oh, in hobby no. yeah. Sales of D and D core books are not growing in hobby stores okay. um, because hobby stores are struggling to compete with Amazon and Wizard of the Coast directly. Yes, uh, who are selling them at like, like rock like twenty quid in pickaback those handbook for, can't you? Yeah. Whereas if I go to Forbidden Planet, I could look at forty five, yeah, forty seven pounds. And like I love to support no- local businesses, but come on, yeah, but hobby stores just can't do that. So. No. So that, that's one problem. And also Pathfinder yeah, 2nd yeah. No, I, I mean, going direct and getting Amazon price is one thing. But having like, you know, basically, well, I could buy two books or I could buy one book is... Oh, yeah, I, I agree. It's a no-brainer. But yeah. I mean, like, I think the retailers are in a no-win situation now, aren't they? It's problematic. Like, these, these things are being sold at pretty much cost price or less sometimes, mm-hmm. which obviously a retailer can't do. No, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, but anyway, uh, Pathfinder Second Edition um, has done much better than retailers expected. Yes, apparently, which is good news, I guess. Surprise, yeah, indeed. I think that's it. We're done. Really? Yeah. We're done with the news. Oh, well, fair enough. So there was one very last piece of news, which probably wants to go back in the um, news section. Controversial. Yeah. Uh, so you know those three hundred dollar dice? Oh, crikey! The oh yes, you might not have heard about. Have you these. not heard about these, Emmy? What? You, have you heard of gem dragons? Yeah, I know, right? Have you heard okay. of dice? <laughs> yes. Okay, right. We've established your have base you heard of dollars. dollars. <laughs> yes. yes, okay. Okay, base on, base on. <laughs> okay so uh, what's it? It's like a bunch of sapphires and so forth. Sapphire, yeah, sapphire laden dice. Yeah, there's, there's a sapphire in the D20. Yes. Uh, otherwise, basically, they're these uh, commemorative dice from, yes. from Wizard of the Coast. Yes. They've only made 1,974 sets of them. Because obviously D&D was published in 1974. And um, they went they went on sale Emmy has the same month. face that I had when I first said that. I kind of thought they would sell out really quickly. Why? Okay. Because because there are a lot of these things that That's are true. really expensive. People do buy. Like mm-hmm. Invisible Sun, all those Beetle mm-hmm. and Grimm's things. And, yeah. You know, people do a, buy this stuff. It's a set of dice, though. Yeah, I wouldn't. But yeah. people, people do buy this stuff. And people, yeah. you know, there are people out there that... Mm. They do. Mm. But um, Wizards of the Coast are currently, like, um, as of now, um, doing a paid sponsored ad tweet on Uh Twitter. Uh 
advertising them, which implies they haven't actually sold out yet. No. And given no. that they only made under 2,000 of them, yeah. it's not a, you know, that's not a lot. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that they're still advertising them. I mean, if you want to spend ridiculous amounts of money on dice, there are people making... I mean, those ones we saw just now. Yeah, the Rainbow Serpent dice. Yeah. Wow, those were pretty cool, yeah. Mm. There are people There are people where they have a business where they make really cool dice. Yeah. Well, these, these... Where you're not feeding a massive corporation well. These, well. Aren't, these aren't actually made by yeah. Wizards of the Coast. They're, uh, okay. they're licensed. Can we, see, we... can we see a picture of them? Uh, is that possible? Yeah, if I can find them. Oh, so that guess... D20, as you can see, has got a sapphire in it. Yes, yes, yes. Do you know something? I yeah. am willing to bet that those are, as well as being wildly expensive, also less balanced nah, than they uh, would be otherwise. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't really worry about dice balance. It's not like I'm, uh, you know... Well, yes, but we've heard about Conducting an experiment game. at CERN. Yeah. I'm just rolling dice in a game. <laughs> yeah, all right, six shooter. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what you sounded like last night, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, uh, they look kind of cheap and plasticky, to be honest. Um, like... Because they've got the actual sapphire, and I'd probably give them $50, but 300 mm. I mean, the appeal is not the actual product. The appeal is it's a limited edition thing where you get to say yeah. that you so have it. So they're not plastic. They're aluminium. Okay. Right. And the D uh, 20 contains an inlaid, lab-grown sapphire in place of the 20. Yep. And then you get a custom dice box and a dice tray and a premium, premium, a premier fold-out card. Ooh. What's a premier fold-out card? Does it mean Premium. A premiere fold-out card. Maybe it's the first one. <laughs> yes, okay, it's maybe. the first fold-out card. Oh, yeah, card maybe. Ever. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, we've talked about this before. It's not, yeah. it's not new. How many and some stickers. Yet? An exclusive sticker sheet with the D&D ampersand. That's, that's where all the money went. There we go. <laughs> well, you get like 11 dice, so it's less than $30 a dice. And those so. Sapphire Gem Dragon ones that we just looked at a minute yeah. ago. No, not... That's these... Those um, rainbow serpent, yeah, rainbow yeah. serpent ones. They were twenty five dollars for a dice. They were so yeah. It's not it's not completely wild, but I was thinking there'd be like five or six, and yeah. it was actually eleven. So yeah, it's sort of vaguely competitive, but it's still it's not many. Hmm. Anyway, I think we're done. That is the news. Emmy still speechless. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to play our favorite game. It's time to play the game. Our favorite game is all the world gets the Kickstarter from just the name. You remember how the game works? Do you remember the title of the game? Uh, I'll work it out. Well, <laughs> well, well the game of the Kickstarter is guess the contents of the Kickstarter from just the name alone. And that's also the rule set. All the rules are in the title. Yeah, yeah. No, I can do that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, then. Do you want to do two each, then? Yeah, go on, then. Okay, then. All right, Peter, are you ready to start? Yes, yes. Although I should note that... Um, if you are listening to this, you probably want to go and join our Patreon if you'd like to find out the second of each of us, because due to space constraints, Daryl does tend to secrete them there. But it might not this week, because we haven't got a sketch and the news is really short, so we'll see. Or perhaps you won't. Ah, perhaps, perhaps you shall enjoy we'll your full and fettered. <laughs> yes, we shall see. Um, so, what, rip um, off all your patrons. Hey, I don't think we've got any particular promises for patrons, just like, okay. give us money and we'll keep making podcasts. Yes, that's basically yeah. how it works. Like, if we were more organised and if we had any idea what they wanted, then we'd probably do more stuff. Yeah, they don't tend to comment very much. They're just like, hey, take our money. We're like, would you like something in return? No, you, you just crack on making a podcast. They get exclusive content. They do. It's very nice exclusive content. It's excellent exclusive content. Mm. It's always always has the worst version of the sketch. 
No, the best version of the sketch. <laughs> it's got a version of the sketch. <laughs> right, anyway, so this is um, from Egg Embry's column, and he's, he's pointed out yes. um, that it's, it's quite a thin field at the moment over Christmas. Yes. Because, you know, Christmas is a really bad time to run Kickstarters. Yes. Um, That's our top rule for Kickstarters at the moment. Don't run a Kickstarter at Christmas. <laughs> Would right. you like to go first, Mr. Coffee? Yes, I'd love to go first. Okay. What is? Yeah. Cults of the Blood Gods. Well, if it's not something to do with vampires, you'll be super disappointed. Um, I would absolutely love this to be for a vampire, the masquerade slash Cthulhu crossover, where you have um, with a certain splash of the original Blade movie in there as well. So you've got like, you know, you've got your blood guard, you've got cults, um, you've got Wesley Snipes um, being tiny and adorable and kicking vampire asses. Uh, but alas, I suspect it will be something a bit more prosaic. And so it will probably be Vampire 5th Edition. They've come up with a Blood God or something. Uh, was it 6th Edition? No, 5th Edition. Some edition of Vampire. <laughs> yes. What other edition then and brother on? I'm old, I can't keep track. I remember all this for fields. I can, but I'll take my <laughs> shoes off first. Thank you, sir. <laughs> and um, that would be, yeah. So that was me. It's like sort of a source book, perhaps an adventure or two, and maybe a way to generate PCs if you're feeling daring. Hmm. How am I doing? Well, it's certainly for vampire. Woo! So you got that bit right. Woo! It's about cults. Yay! <laughs> As you might imagine. So what it is? That's is a, a good title. It's a hardcover. Yes. And it's a. It says it's a new style of source book. For Vampire oh. the Masquerade, 5th edition. Right. That introduces the pernicious horror mm-hmm. of twisted beliefs. Mm-hmm. You know, things like, you know, cats being better than dogs and other horrific yeah, yeah. and clearly untrue things like that. I refer you to a source called The Internet. Anyway, please crack on. <laughs> Uh, where were we? Uh, so this is a supplement which includes an in-character breakdown of the rise of esoteric... That's another thing with esoteric in... Mm-hmm. Yeah, a popular uh, word. The mot de la jour. Yes. Yeah. Uh, esoteric beliefs among the ranks of the undead mm-hmm. and how faith drives many of the major aspects of vampire culture, a host of religions yes. introduced for incorporation into your character backgrounds or supporting castes and antagonist groups in your... Cron- oh, God, this is a really long sentence. Wow. It's yeah, and the sentence goes on are like they, a lot longer. Are they due a visit from the punctuation period? <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yeah. It is. So I am so hyped for this book. It's yeah. basically given us a lot of stuff that wasn't in the core book that we haven't seen mm-hmm. so far. So we get like all the Hakata stuff. We get mm-hmm. what the Asamites are up to. Ooh. We get all the weird like Golconda cults and Gehenna Ooh. cults. You get all of the um, like all the weird gribbly philosophies that you get ah. in the vampire setting being brought back in, Ooh. which means that like. I imagine if you want to do things like play a necromancer uh-huh. or play anybody on weird paths or any of that stuff, this is the book that you want. And I am right. so excited. <laughs> Can I read out this entire sentence just to show you how Give long it is? Okay, but breathe in deep first. Okay, okay. You ready? here we go. All right, go. Okay, I'm not going to stop until the end of the sentence. Do, 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 do. Designed for players and storytellers, this supplement will include an in-character breakdown of the rise of esoteric beliefs among the ranks of undead and how faith drives many of the major aspects of vampire culture, a host of religions, 
From historic theocracies and globe-spanning conspiracies to fringe cults and mortal beliefs arising in the modern night introduced for incorporation into your character backgrounds or supporting casts and antagonist groups in your chronicles, the history, structure and ambitions of the Hikata, the vampire group known as the Clan of Death, as well as a chapter dedicated to playing a vampire among the necromancers and the ceremonies for your death-defying discipline of Bolivian guidance on how to use ecclesiastical horror and construct cults in vampire, making them a vivid backdrop for your own stories, including a new coterie styles focused on cult play, faith-based story hooks, and a full chronicle centred on the activities of the Hecata involving walking corpses, ghosts, ready-made characters, and the secrets of the most twisted family in the world of darkness, and new lore sheets, backgrounds, and predator types for inclusion in your chronicles, encouraging player characters to engage fully with the material presented in this book. So about seventy seconds. That is one sentence. It's they really <laughs> there is no punctuation failure. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking at me in disbelief. It's right there. I just read it. <laughs> it's uh, one Ellie big paragraph. Yes. Yes. That's, that's a good paragraph. Yeah. Yeah. Just use a full stop. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I assume I'm, I'm looking at a report about the Kickstarter, yes. but that's in quotes. Yes. I'm assuming it hasn't been paraphrased. Maybe no. it's an even longer sentence. And <laughs> paraphrased, I don't know. But uh, yeah, yeah there, was, there was only one period in that, and it was right at the end. Right. And this is Onyx Path, not White Wolf. Yes. Okay. That is correct. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I think you got what, 17 out of 20 for that. Oh, goodness. Good score in it. Yeah. Okay. I'm impressed. Emmy, are you ready? Still. Right. Do you want an easy one or a hard one? Give me a hard one. Okay. What is Uno Squado Nel Buio? Can you spell that? <laughs> I can try and spell it. U N O is the first word. S G U A R D O is the second word. N E L is the third word. B U I O is the last word. Unfortunately, I don't speak Spanish. It's not Spanish. Is it Portuguese? It's not Italian. Portuguese. Yeah. <laughs> or other such languages. <laughs> not, not an advanced language speaker, as it were. I mean, I have decent French, but it's not no. French, so... No. No. You did want a hard one. I, I... <laughs> I, mean, I offered you an easy one or a hard one. Yeah. We have a translation, and based off that, I can probably yes. get All right. it. I'll oh. give you a translation of the title. That's an option. A look in the dark. A book in the dark. A look. A in look the in the dark. dark. Mm. I reckon it's Woofrup. I reckon it's a Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay thing for the new edition that's out, that's being published by. I don't know. I'm guessing wildly here. I have no idea. <laughs> what was it, it about? It is, in fact, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. a translation of the Dark Eye into Italian. Ah, the German role playing game. Yes. There's a German role-playing game called... Yeah, no, no, I... Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know they were doing that. Yeah, this stupefied look now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh. Maybe she's doing her best. <laughs> no, is, uh, yeah, so that's that's quite cool. Uh, so German to Italian. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess you get the easy one then, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is what you could have had. <laughs> the Quotes complete the illustrated one. book of Conjuration. Well, that is obviously... Uh, Words to conjure by. The complete illustrated book of conjuration, I guess that's going to be. What was that going to be? 
definitely some sort of source book. It's going to have lots of magic and spells with a specific emphasis on conjuration. Uh, and maybe that will include ways to make make conjuring and summoning more table friendly. That's You know what I'd really like that to be about? I'd like it to be a book where it's got lots of ways to make running a summoner at the tabletop to be even better than it to be to be better than it is at the moment which is basically where it's got pre-printed like lots of little stat blocks and um advice and ways to have um like your minions and so forth and what to do when you've got like 200 skeletons and you need to roll dice which is use dice roller up but yeah all that sort of thing and um just ways to make it so that your turn does not take one million years um, has per our sketch not too long ago uh, yeah, and it's probably going to be for 5th edition. Hmm. Maybe 50% there. Woo! It is for 5th edition. Yeah. It is for the um, School of Conjuration. Magical mm-hmm. School of Conjuration. Um, it is only spells, though. It's 86 Conjuration spells. Nice. It hasn't got all that other stuff you wanted. Yeah. But if you do want new Conjuration spells for your 5e wizard... Wizard. Yes. Then uh, this is the book for you. This is by Phil Stone, and it's uh, twenty-five dollars for the hardcover. Twenty-five dollars. Hmm. Cool. Well, you're certainly not going to be a kind it's of. It's only hundred pages, so it's quite yeah. a thin hardcover, I guess. But um, yeah, hundred pages, eighty-six spells with over forty illustrations. So yes. All right. Hmm. So that leaves you've got one left. Go on, Amy. Okay then. Are we ready? And this will okay. be for you, Emmy. Uh, well, we've got a whole load which are clearly just dice. I don't think we can do any of those because that's just too obvious. But if anyone does want some solid brass, rainbow, serpentine dice. You are. Dragon and Celtic laser dice. Or some dragon-themed polyhedral dice. They're all available on Kickstarter right now. Can we see some pictures? Because those sound amazing. You want to see them? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Solid brass, rainbow, serpent dice. But they aren't very good for our game, because they're a bit too easy to... Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So this is completely wasted on all the listeners, but that is very pretty. Mm. It's uh, kind uh, of bismuthy. Yeah, it's got sort it of this... Like some of them might be a bit hard to read, though. Uh, yes. Well, some of them. Yeah, it's uh, essentially a standard D20-style set of D4 to D20, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's all sorts of etchings and... There's a, a lot of purple going on. A lot of purple. A metal, I can only imagine. Um, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, brass. Yes, yeah, yeah. And uh, green, purples, greens, yellows, metal. They are very attractive looking dice. Mm. Um, but I imagine budget bustingly good. Uh, budget bustingly, what should I find out? Yeah. There you go. Right. One yeah. D20 will cost you $25. Oh, okay. <laughs> Talking of dice, though, I do have another news the, item. The, the, we'll do the, that in a minute. The illustrated Kendra's book, I withdraw my previous complaints about not being for Kendra's of cheap tricks. <laughs> These dice have you beat, quite mm. Okay, then. So it's yeah. going to have to be this one for you, Emmy. There you go. All right, hit me. Go on. The horror yes. out of Hag... Hag's Jaw. How do you spell that? Hag's Jaw, but one word. Like the, a jaw belonging to a hag, but it's just one word. Oh, okay. No apostrophe. There's no apostrophe. Hag's Draw. The horror out of Hag's Draw. Ooh, interesting. I mean, it's clearly some kind of adventure. And I am going to take an educated guess and say Shadow of the Demon Lord, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it's for fifth, Ed. Mm-hmm. I 
would know it if it was for anything vaguely old school. I'd have heard of it already. Mm-hmm. Um, so considering that it sounds vaguely dark, Demon Lord sounds about right. Mm-hmm. I reckon you have some kind of horrible investigative scenario. Mm-hmm. There's probably a swamp involved at some point. Mm-hmm. There's probably lots of mist everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then everyone dies in the swamps and it's horrible. Um, standard Shadow of the Demon Lord. Wow. Or it's Call of Cthulhu. It could always be Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> I was thinking that would be my first guess, but yeah. Okay. So you know the bit where you said it's not for fifth edition? Ah. Oh. <laughs> it's the opposite of that. Oh. <laughs> Casual fifth edition. Senior it is for fifth edition. It's also yep. for Swords and Wizardry and Pathfinder first edition. So definitely not Shadows of the Demon Lord. Uh, and it's by Necromancer Games. Mm-hmm. And it's an adventure for four to six tier T. Tier T? Tier two yes. characters, hearkening yes. uh, back to the original days of Necromancer games, with adventures like What Evil Lurks and Aberrations, comes a brand new fantasy horror adventure. And you said that, yeah, uh, by acclaimed RPG designer Levi Coombs Combs. Huh. Right. I'm just surprised people are making stuff for first edition Pathfinder yeah. still. Yeah. I think I think there's still like people still playing it. That's why. Yeah. At least at least for now. Yeah, and tier two. Uh, fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons is levels five to ten. Yeah. For people who aren't familiar with that terminology, I did come across someone like that. I was like, okay, no, fair enough. I'm using jargon. So yeah. Yeah. Well, it even says that here. If you didn't know, it says that right here. Ah, oh, fantastic. Yeah. Mid level. So oh. I think there. I think sadly, yes. Peter has won this week. What? Oh, cheers! I mean, he checks in the post. <laughs> <laughs> You got the easy one. You got the I one did. I already knew about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got the one uh, you already knew about. I got the really easy to one. To be yeah, fair, I did say, do you want an easy one or a hard one? And yeah, you there's, said, there's hard one. You could have had the easy one. And there's the Italian translation of a German <laughs> game. <where> I, <laughs> I, I think I was upfront and clear in advance. <laughs> but I'm quite a fan of the dark eye. Yeah. So. Well, in which case, you've no one to blame but yourself. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I 
always have the least Can't save it all against fireball Now I am deceased I put my low stat in dexterity I put my low stat in my strength score And I can't hit a thing I thought I might just be okay If I had magic gleam No vorpal sword and god on board Miss on every swing I put my low stat in my strength score So have either of you two seen that new BBC Dracula series? No, I have not. I have seen the adverts and it looks very... Um, Cheesy, camp. Uh, yeah, I was going to go with camp. Like, yeah. camp's not necessarily a bad thing, it does but have, it is... It does have some cheese and camp in it, but yeah. it leans into the horror really, really strongly. Oh, yeah. So it's not like a romantic, like, mm-hmm. like vampire with a yeah. tragic love lost and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's not like all the American ones that are on TV that hang around high schools and uh, <laughs> like their 200-year-old paedophiles like dating 14-year-old high school girls and stuff. <laughs> which I don't know why all of the American, yeah. like, Twilight and Buffy and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Strahd would like to come across as, like, a lovelorn tragic figure but really he's just like the world's most abusive boyfriend yeah yeah um so so this and it really leads into the body horror as well so it's got some gross bits of fingernails and eyes and oh oh, ah, which make the things that really make me turn away from the screen i can't stand that stuff yeah but it's still fascinating there's a lot of blood um a lot of people very very scared all the time yeah and uh he really is a proper 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 monster Mm, nice 
I mean, he's like a sort of like handsome, charming monster, but he's a proper, proper monster, mm. and he's going to kill you, and mm. he's going to take his time over it, and it's going to be horrible. Well, that does beg a question, which is, what game system would you use to run exactly. it? Exactly. So my first thought was that new Alien game. Oh, yes, yes, that one we reviewed yeah. uh, last week. So yeah. if you reskin it, mm-hmm. and uh, you kind of treat the vampires like the... Because like in an Alien game, yeah. you know, you're, you're kind of hunted by the aliens, yeah. and if you get locked in a room with one alien you are finished yeah you're toast yeah. yeah so basically the vampires should be like that in the game and then they've uh-huh. got that awesome stress mechanic in the game oh yeah, yeah. Which, you know the more you push your luck the more stress, likely to succeed but which also stresses the players which is the important thing <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. but, um, but then obviously over time you're more likely to catastrophically fail and have a vampire at your face yes yeah, yeah. So that's it yeah. uh, and I think cool. you know set that in Victorian London you yes. a group of People, you know, investigating some particularly bloody murders or whatever. Or it didn't have to be Victorian London. You could use like nineteen twenties Manchester, yeah, <laughs> or Birmingham. Have a bit of Peaky Blinders in there as well. American no. High School. Sorry, American High School. Oh, what American okay, High School? Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Uh, other areas of like extreme drama, well, conflict, yeah, and say, danger. You can set it yeah. wherever you want. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, the second episode of the series is mm. you know um, Dracula comes from Transylvania to England in the uh, what's the ship called the oh the Demeter yes, yes. it's just that yeah that journey oh, so, right. so the first the first episode oh, is brilliant. in Transylvania yeah. the second episode is yeah. literally the and it's like uh, the crew just getting killed yeah yeah on the way to Whitby no yeah. it's it's like that was completely. Uh, like glossed over yeah. in Bram but, but they're all well. kind of like oh, you know one of us it's a bit Agatha Christie as well that because yeah, yeah. it's like they don't know what's going yeah. on yeah yeah so I'm looking at this thing jumping around between mm. episodes and mm. I'm thinking run each session as a dread session with a different cast of characters uh, you could do it with a dread yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like that would, um, that would do that would do well for the tension yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and I think you can do a lot of interesting things with dread where you go you fiddle with the shape of the stack and stuff um I think it has a lot of potential. It doesn't really get explored. Mm. I'm liking what you're saying there. Uh, and that's like a really strong narrative approach, which is very good. But me, I'm like big into my immersion. So it's like you'd have to be like immersed into a different character every single week. Which I is... mean, so one of the things which I'd love to see more role-playing games do mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. break that very strong identification that you have between one player and one character. Okay. Where if you look at something like... Um, Wraith, for example, because yeah. everybody's playing each other's shadows. Yeah, you get a much more collaborative, troop-based style of playing. Mm-hmm. Um, you get similar. Magica. Yeah, mm. yeah. Or even I if you look at a lot of the very old D and D, where you're playing like mm. five different PCs and have a bunch of retainers, suddenly yeah. it becomes much more about the group and the story that you're telling rather than mm-hmm. about individual characters. And it can produce like if the group's all on board for it yeah, yeah. it can produce these wonderful narratives where stuff interlocks where you don't mm. have to keep the focus um entirely on the same people constantly mm. and justify why they're always the same people doing the same things like yeah. you can like you do absolutely fascinating swap, stuff yeah. with it yeah um my experiences with that have not been great i had uh like one of the first role playing games i played i had like five characters that i was playing and it was like it became more of a board game for me mm. at that point. Mm. And then later, like last year, year before, I was playing a Savage Worlds campaign. And the idea was we had bridge crew and then we had the people away yeah. away team sort of thing. Yeah. And well, that's quite a standard. Yeah. Like, and, uh, doing that sort of thing. Yeah. Was, like, it would have worked better. I think it works in a survival horror thing, though, because your yeah. characters can start getting picked off. And yes. it doesn't mean you're sort of out of the game for a bit or anything. That like is that. true. 
And you can start to bring in, like, there's the old Call of Cthulhu rule. Yeah. Where you have a link from your previous character to your next one, mm. where, like, they've mm. got the letters, they found their notes or whatever, which yeah. is what brings them in. Okay, yeah. That works quite nicely. Because a big part of Dracula mm. is, holy shit, we've got these letters, what the fuck is going on? Mm. Um, <laughs> and so it works quite well. So I guess we all agreed that 20th level Pathfinder characters are not suitable for a sort of uh, gritty, tense, survival horror game like Dracula then. I don't know if you make the monster. No, you're probably right. When they fly in with their gleaming swords, (laughs) completely immune to the the heavenly host arrives. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, 20th level Pathfinder characters are basically the Justice League, aren't they? Oh, yeah. They're Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. Justice League is not up there, really. So, what would you call this game? Feast of Dracula. That'd be a good name. Uh, Feast of Dracula. I like that. Yeah, interesting. I mean, uh, yeah. I'm half tempted to write it. I've got time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's getting added to the list of projects. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, what, what, uh, well, you're a lot more familiar with like the OSR and all the indie games. Are there any that you know of that you would recommend? Oh, no, there is. Yes? There is. Ah. Um, is anybody familiar with Ghastly Affair? No. I'm sure somebody is, but, so but, 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 is... but those people are not in this room. <laughs> Well, that listener who shouted at radio saying, <laughs> yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. We so again, you. it's an OSR system from yes. a few years ago, mm-hmm. and it is all about doing, um, so it describes itself as gothic melodrama. Mm. And so rather than classes, you have people divided up by the social roles that they have. So you have like, you know, mm-hmm. the charming charlatan that swoops in, the, yes. um, you know, the swooning innocent, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you have, it's been, a, it's been a while since I've read it. Yeah, yeah. But you have mechanics for things like taking mental stress will take you out in the same way that being physically injured will. Yeah, and it's got a lot of advice in it for running this kind of thing. Mm. Um, I'm also, um, slight tangent here. Yes. So the same people that have done V5 for Vampire, yes. I think they have just announced a V5 for Werewolf as well. Oh, nice. Which yeah, means that did, yeah. at some point, yes. presumably, that engine is going to be used for running like Hunters and Mortals and so on. Makes sense. And that engine for this style of game could work really well. Oh, nice. Because like, you can absolutely model Dracula yes. in V5. Mm-hmm. It's very simple to do. Mm. And just statting up all the PCs using mortals and going, this is what's going on, this is what's happening to you. And like a high-level vampire will absolutely curb stomp a mortal in um, that system. Oh, yeah. mm. But the way it models things like humanity loss is really yeah. interesting. I might give it a go, actually. Might, might have to have a look at this vampire first edition or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the V5 yeah. is... Yeah. Uh, it's got controversy attached to it, but it is no. such a good engine. Mm. It is absolutely fine-tuned for the game it wants to produce. And yeah. I think I am so excited for what they're going to do with it. Yeah, and, and Modifius has largely taken it over, I believe. So. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. at this point, they've churned through so many stuff in and out and in and out. But, yes. but the, the core engine they've got just works. Mm. Um, so no, I would love to see somebody running Dracula as a villain using that, using like all the touchstones, for example. Mm. Sounds exciting. Where you can start... So, for example, he clearly has Lucy as a touchstone. Yeah. Where as soon as you realise this, you can start leveraging Lucy against him. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are more effective ways to fight somebody in V5 than just hitting them with a big stick. Like, mm. if you can mm. work out what their convictions are, uh, yeah. um, you can then start to push that, and it mm. works really nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I've, I've done something similar with Exalted, so, yeah, that sounds yeah. quite a lot of fun. Yeah. One of the fun things about this TV show is... Mm-hmm. Um, they don't follow the plot of Dracula exactly. Mm-hmm. 
They sort of kill off people you're not expecting them to kill off. And mm. I, I don't want to spoil it for you because you'll probably, yeah. you might watch it. Yeah. But it's not, it's, it's, it's Stephen Moffat and Mark Gatiss. Mm-hmm. They're oh, kind yeah. of, well, actually, they haven't said it in modern in modern day like they have yeah. with Sherlock, but they've kind of done a bit like what they've done with Sherlock. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's three episodes, one and a half hour each mini series, oh, okay. right? And they're showing one one. They showed one on New Year's Day, one mm-hmm. last night, and the yeah. final ones tonight. Oh, okay, right. So it's like it's only four and a half hours. To yeah, and, and a, it hits Netflix, I think, on Saturday. And it's a single arc that's just going to run and conclude. Oh, I assume. I'm asking. Is, uh, I'm assuming it is. Well, we've not seen the end of it. Yet. Well, they've they've already changed some things about the story. So who who says that Dracula is going to die at the end of it, like he does in the book? Yeah. Right. I don't know. I yeah. mean, like the thing which I found with Sherlock was that it started out really well and then just kind of went off the rails by the end. So mm. if they can avoid that from happening. Yeah. 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 Mm. Well, it's a problem. Like you know, if you produce something nice, then people want more. Yeah. Hey, yeah. do you want to unbox something? Yes, that's. We've got two things we could unbox. We could yes. unbox that box of Quality Street. That's not. Which is, in fact, a tin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or, yes. this arrived in the post this morning. And this is from, um, what was it, Loki? I, I, I'm not actually sure how you pronounce L-O-K-E. Um, Loki Battle Maps. And um, I've got their giant book of fantasy maps. And yes. their giant book of uh, uh, sci-fi maps. Yes. And they gave me their giant book of um, cyberpunk maps when I was in Dragon Meat. Yes. And this arrived in the post today, yeah. and they very kindly sent me the dungeon book of battle maps. That's pretty nice, man. Hmm. So we've got two of them here, Ooh. volume one and volume two. Yes. And they open up flat like like the other ones did. With the ring binding. With the ring binding, so yep. they open up flat. So and they're got... kind of modular. Yeah, you get a double-page spread. Yeah, and... Uh, the, the idea is that you just uh, t- take these and they're modular and you put them next to each other and you can yep. pretty much make any sort of combination. Yeah. Um, so for listening at home, you basically got ring-bound book with various battle maps on. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 12. 1, 2, 3, 12. Yeah. So 144 squares per page. You could potentially have four of those. So that's... Uh, Two foot by two foot of game space to play. Yeah, on. I mean, and then it's modular, so each one yeah. fits next to any other one. Yeah, yeah. And they, they've got uh, a variety of different colours. Yeah. Uh, so around, I'm yeah. looking at this, and I'm wondering if you could use it for stuff like um, kill team and that kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because miniature based combat, as long as it's gridded, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can just ignore the grids if you wanted to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, or make like it. Might make it easier to work out where you're going, yeah. yeah. But yeah, you can use but, it for grid stuff, non-grid stuff. These are and awesome, we, and I'm, I'm going to do a little article about them as well. Yeah. And also, uh, as well as, and how many, was it, 40 in each book? So there's 40 in each book, so there's 80 in total. Yes, although that's really like 20 double-page spreads. Yes. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. But um, there's also this little book of mats, which I haven't actually mats. unpacked yet. It's still wrapped in cellophane. Yes. Um, but these are... Well, things like connecting one, bridges two, and three, corridors. Four, These are six by six uh-huh. squares, yep. which you can just like put down and um, yeah, you've got yeah. little corridors here, you've got, um, yeah, you've got yeah, little rooms and steps, stairs and things like that. Yeah. And you can just put those down next to it too. And, and again, in a sort of modular fashion. Yes, and they've all got like various things, indoors, outdoors, a bit of lava, occasional beach scene. Yeah. Um, and Emmy appears to have found the... 
Um, so doing lots of crinkling into the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> crinkle harder. Crinkle harder. Yeah, there we go. Enjoy that. Yeah. yeah. And then what's that, what's that you found there, Henny? This is some kind of like stickers, I think, where you've got um, like extra scenery, things like um, furniture and doors and that kind webs. of thing. Webs. So webs. Yeah. And a giant pile of treasure. Yeah. In fact, shall we uh, try all that? So you've got like things like big treasure trove and summoning circles well this is like an honest goodness pentagram and you know i've always wanted to have more pentagrams in my games so i'll just make even more crackly noise <laughs> we apologize for the crinkling noise that's just uh, that's just i'm just peter's skin yeah <laughs> is, is i have moisturized this morning <laughs> <laughs> there we go okay so then what like this so what so they're actually stickers are they uh, it oh. looks like it. Oh, okay. Oh, it's transparent. Oh, it's not sticky, but it is oh, yeah, but, it, but it, yeah, but it will. And then you whack it on the. Thing. Yeah, it's gonna have like a little bit of stick. Yeah, it's got. Yeah, it's got. It's just got enough sort of. Oh. It's not adhesive, is it? It's just because it's kind of. Oh yes. It's like static. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, because so... they're, they're kind of like plasticky, and that's plasticky, yeah. and yeah. Yeah, and then you've got. Uh, it doesn't see. Doesn't appear to. If you give it a poke, it yeah, it's not groove. moving. Yeah. yeah. So you have to. You can, but you can peel it off really easily. Yeah, that's quite cool. So what we got? We got. Some rocks, some webs. What's that? Uh, that's a rack. A rack? Okay, what's that? Uh, this is... Well, that's a hole in a wall. Oh, I see, okay. Is yeah. it a giant cauldron or something? Looks like. Pile of bones. A pentagram. Yeah. A uh, pond. Some uh, arms, weapons. Yeah, Ooh. oh wow. And there's How like, many pages of these are there? Well, one, two, three, uh, six. Wow, so there's yeah. loads of them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, embarrassment for riches. Oh, on the back is that we've got doors, walls, furniture, yep. traps, stairs, treasure, and a pack of 100 plus reusable static clings. Yes. Wow. Yeah. They look pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, I'm really impressed. It's a very high quality product. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, it's really, it's more of a visual kind of thing, so I'll probably do an article as well about it. Yes. Get some pictures taken. Yeah. yeah. Keep an eye on my site, and yeah. Um, yeah, an article with some photos I'll stick on there. Yeah, like some other time over the next week. Oh, and it's like looking at them, it's nice quality card. It's nice yeah. and rigid. It's not. Have you, seen, get... have you seen the giant ones? No. How? So they're yeah. twice that size. Wow. So when you open them out like that, and they've still got this ring binder in the middle. That's so cool. that would make it a twenty-four by. No, I mean a size. Oh, uh, a three. Two of these. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what double. I mean, that's getting close to A3. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And then they be... open out, and you've got these oh. massive ones, and they look awesome. Yeah. yeah. So they give you like two foot by two foot. Yeah. Just and they've got fantasy thing. ones, they've uh -huh. got sci fi ones, they've got some cyberpunk ones coming out, and they okay. gave me a prototype of it at Track yeah. which, which I should also take some pictures of. You should. Yeah. 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 So well, the prototype one, the cyberpunk one's really good because it's. Because uh, with battle maps and stuff, mm -hmm. I've said this lots of times on the podcast, but yeah. um, you can find fantasy ones all over the place. They're yeah. easy to get. Mm -hmm. Sci-fi ones, harder to get. Mm. Modern or near future ones, almost impossible. Yes. Mm -hmm. They just don't exist. Like, um, I was looking for some for Judge Dredd and stuff. No, nothing out there, really. Oh, I bet what you should do is you should have a look at the zombie side, mm -hmm. the board game, because you get a whole bunch of zombies and a whole bunch of little, little maps to play on as well. How much is the board game? Uh, near about 100 quid. Yeah, that's a lot of money just for the maps. Well, yeah, but you'd also get the zombies. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> Print stuff out from Google Maps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, 
I'm not fond of DIY. There, there's when a whole. To... Oh, you got some germ cells here. Oh, on this yeah, little quite cool. Yeah, and I think it probably might go on the side yeah. of uh, one of those. Yeah. Yeah, that's very neat. So that's that's a that's an absolutely fantastic buy you got there, Russ. Yeah. yeah. Lovely. Anyway, uh, should we talk about Emmy now? Well, do we have to? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we're out of time. Uh, right. uh, good show, everyone. Right, no, so what's no, that, no. What, what is that you have in your hands there, Emmy? Well, I can't say that in public. I'll get done for obscenity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, put it away. Right, uh, right, right. Let, me, let me move these out of the way. So, for the topic of this week, um, I believe somebody somewhere, uh, i.e., Emmy, has produced a book called Esoteric Enterprises, which has been doing very well on Drive Through RPG. Yes, uh, the Alien RPG kept it off the top spot, but Ooh. other than that, it's been like it's been doing all right. Yeah. It's been doing all right. Nice. Um, we had a print run. The print run sold out in two days. Sure. So there is another print run coming in mid-January. Like it's at the printers currently. Mm. So, right. Um, when that comes out, I'll you know so publicise that. How, how many will there be available? Uh, I think we're looking at. Uh, Around a hundred, two hundred ish. People have to get in pretty quick, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but like, it's one of those things where the guy that's handling all the printing stuff has mm. been, you know, putting the costs up front. So there's only so many you can do at one time without oh, yeah. borrowing money. To mm. so there are practical constraints on that. Mm. So what but, we have here is a hardcover book. Yes. Black hardcover book with white writing on the front and uh, 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 sort of pentagrammy, pentagrammy Illuminati, Illuminati, style. yeah. With touch of circuit board as well. It looks like um, it's not a pen, it's not a standard pentagram. Uh, how would you describe the design? It's got a circle. <laughs> it is. So there are two things going on there. Oh. One of them is a. A seal for one of these Ordo Templi weird groups. Oh yeah, yeah. which has then had the yeah, mm-hmm. which has then had the Eye of Providence kind of added onto it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was a little uncomfortable sticking an actual group's actual occult oh, yeah, yeah. stuff on, the, just in case I accidentally summoned anything. Mm. Um, that would be awkward. Yeah. Or, or just annoyed the wrong person. Yeah. I mean, what are they going to do? Cast spells on me? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they might track you down uh, and then cast spells on you. <laughs> But, yes. um, so we should probably say what this actually is. Yes. Is so it? this is basically old school role playing in yes. the style of like basic D and D, or if mm-hmm. people are familiar with things like Swords and Wizardry mm-hmm. or yeah. Beyond the Wall or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is in a modern day urban fantasy setting. So mm-hmm. you have, you know, cults and werewolves yeah. and mm-hmm. things living in the sewers, and it's mm-hmm. very um, kind of modern horror. It's mm-hmm. and Dracula. You probably could, actually, but the focus of the rules would mean that it would very rapidly turn into total abject slaughter and... Bit of a bloodbath, you might say. Yeah, Uh, which is if you're going for more psychological horror, perhaps not... Not where you want to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, Like, it's doable, but it's not... Not what the game's about. Yeah, it's very focused on Mm. the... You are low-level criminal weirdos. You are scrabbling mm-hmm. for status in the underworld. You're mm-hmm. trying to. Um, it's very much a you are meddling in things that mankind shouldn't be meddling in mm-hmm. situation. You're making poor life decisions. On the consistent Absolutely, basis. yes. Yeah, the yeah. PCs are bad people doing yeah. stupid things. Mm-hmm. Oh, marvelous, um, marvelous. So not heroic fantasy. Oh God, no, <laughs> no. You've got like six pages of. So you've run out of hit points. This is the horrible thing that happens to you. Mm. Um, like, no, your characters will get fucked up. Mm. But that's nice. kind of the point. Yeah, like, nice. it's not... 
So what sort of scenarios would we be looking at? Yeah. Um, so the shtick for the game yeah. is that magic is real and exists and yeah. is wildly unpredictable and dangerous and therefore completely illegal. Mm-hmm. Marvellous, marvellous. Which means that the people that are actually interacting with it and, yeah. you know, trading spell books around and all of that are mm-hmm. the same people that are trading in other illegal stuff like, mm-hmm. you know, drugs and guns and all of that, mm-hmm. which is to say hardened criminals. Yeah. So you have a situation where your party has two main activities. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be like clawing their way up the ladder in the criminal underworld, trying to, you know, get status, make alliances with other gangs, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then there is also a more literal underworld beneath most cities where you have, mm-hmm. like, ruins and sewers and stuff like that, which mm-hmm. forms a mega dungeon that you can go and get killed in. Um, oh, okay. And so because you are... Because it's an XP for treasure system, you have a situation where you want to go in there, get rich, rise in status, and then use your rise in status to start pushing your weight around in the underground and see what happens. Mm. Um, and it is very much about, like, the core of the game is mm-hmm. the more stupid stuff you'll do, the more you'll attract attention from the police, the more yeah. you'll attract attention from other gangs that will, yeah. like, have issues with you. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and you so you need attention to... from things that lurk in the Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you need to be careful that you mm. aren't you know, bringing down the weight of the law on yourself whilst yeah. still clawing your way up as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Which, like, from the playtests I've run of it, it works quite nicely. You get a very mm. grimy feel to the game, mm-hmm. which I like. Yeah. Uh, well, it's quite a big old book there. How long have you been writing this one? So, it's been a project that I've been working on for about three years, mm. but not solidly. Mm. Like, in the last three years, I've put out... Like five other books as well as this one yeah. so mm-hmm. like it's been on and off but it's like a lot of the stuff that i've put into other books has kind of made its way into this as well mm-hmm. so there's a lot of ideas that i've tested out in other games where i've gone actually this really works i'm going to include it here um mm. and like it's by far the best that i've done the actual graphic design for a book in like it's been a lot of the times just been spent tinkering with well, what can i do with photoshop how can i make things uh, um, yeah like if i give me a moment because uh, one of the things I noticed was it is in full colour, which yeah. is uh, pretty impressive. Where? What about the artwork? The art is all public domain stuff. It's right. all Creative Commons, uh, royalty mm-hmm. free. That I've just photoshopped and tweaked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like the end results are, Ooh, wow. I'm quite pleased yeah. with that. Yes, that's uh, sort of a let's see a face coming out of a wall with instead of teeth, it's got glass shards and uh, the mm. traditional red red iris eyes yeah so one of my favorite things mm. is the lovely people online which take photographs of black metal mm. concerts halloween uh, yes. and um cosplay and then put those up for free online there's mm. so much good stuff yes. from like i think uh oh, there's three different pictures of mm. the lead singer of gorgoroth in this book mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Okay, yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, we do need to know one other thing about it, though. It's one very important thing. What does it weigh? Oh, yeah, okay. Well, well. It's fine. Do you know wait, what wait, wait, it weighs, Emmy? In theory, I could get this information for you in practice. Make I don't a guess. know. Make a guess. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no idea. I don't want to oh, make a guess. No. <laughs> oh, bless. Right. Oh, oh, there we go. A tanky 1.56 kilos. Wow. What's yeah. that in pounds? Uh, which, it, ooh, three pounds and seven ounces. Wow. Tremendous. 
truly a BMF of a book. That is, of course, the most important piece of information about the book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'd say it's a absolutely a darling book. It's a, got what, a black black leatherette cover. Um, it looks gorgeous, yeah. Yeah. What's it, char- character-wise, what sort of characters do you play? I mean, is it a class-based system? Is it skills-based? Yeah, class-based, the- mm-hmm. it is... So you have a lot of the classes are going to be very familiar if you've played D&D. You mm-hmm. have your... Um, equivalent of the fighters, you have yeah. different spellcasters and mm-hmm. so on, mm-hmm. and then you have one class which covers everything that's not a human, mm. where you build different monsters mm-hmm. using like just modular selections of powers and drawbacks. Yeah. So like you would build if you're playing a vampire or a fairy mm. or a zombie or anything, you build it with that one class, mm. which like it's got a lot of flexibility to it mm-hmm. like in the play tests the concepts that some people have made have been incredibly strange using that yeah but mm. the majority of your characters are going to be either weirdo cultists or weirdo criminals or yeah. mad scientists mm-hmm. is the three big ones yeah um, you've got a lot of random tables in here which is like part of the osr philosophy and it's like, oh God, it's, it's uh, definitely triple figures. I, lo- I love this yeah. page heading here, or this back page background here. Yes. You say you do all the layout yourself? Yeah. Yeah, it's lovely, this bit. I like that. Um, yeah, you've got like a, it's a set of newspaper clippings and some um, incantations slash uh, summoning circle, I guess I'll describe it as, inscribed on a um, index card. You've got some pill, I've got a pile of pills, some Polaroids. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's fantastic going on, and I'm quite liking some of these things. Like, um, on matters beyond your ken roll, you could have delicate pink orchids growing in the reader's footprints for the next D10 rounds. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Um, and there's, I expect, yeah, uh, all the spell could be cast. Scroll bursts into flames, dealing D6 damage to the reader. If they don't have gloves protecting their hands, damage goes straight to the flesh. Lovely. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. like, a big part of the... Um, philosophy behind the game yeah. is you shouldn't have to plan anything ahead of time because mm. your players will mm. do something stupid you'll get something like a roll on one of those tables mm. will come yes. up and you'll just get complications building up and building up and building up that you have to deal with that's kind of what you did in the uh, Steigian <laughs> mm. library where you kind of procedurally generated yeah. it yeah I mean yeah. Is, that, is that sort of thing that you do a lot in your in yeah your I don't plan anything yeah. like yeah. as soon as you've got anything that you've planned ahead of time suddenly like what you have written is more important than the ideas that you have in play. And mm. that you know, it's just constraining, like what you want to have, I think at least are things that you can refer to at the table as, and when something comes up. So mm-hmm. you'd be able to go, um, you know, they're looking for rumors. Okay. Yeah. What kind of rumors might they find? Roll some dice. Okay. Well, this is what's happening. And the story will go off in its own direction. Mm. Yeah. Um, mean, you've got, got a couple of things in here, like this random Grimoire table of D100 Grimoires. Where you could, um, yeah, that would basically fit straight into someone's game. Can you give us like an advance, uh, an example of like a mission or adventure that yeah. the players might be engaging in? Yeah. So, uh, one of my favourite things I had in my playtesting mm. was um, I had a character who got hired to basically she was working for a hospital mm-hmm. where she had like. It turned out there were a lot of weird people in the hospital that were working mm. as um, not quite upper-level management, but what were pulling the strings for the place, and the hospital was mm-hmm. being used for a lot of weird experimentation. Mm-hmm. And she was working with them, and they'd noticed that there were a couple of police nosing around the place and going, okay, well, this is clearly not good. 
because they're going to, you know, they're going to find all these corpses in our basements. Yeah. And they're going to find these weird experiments we're doing on every elderly person that comes in. Um, you, you're competent and we don't care if you die. Go go deal with that. <laughs> um, and so she does some investigation and it turns out that what you've actually got is detectives that have found a false lead mm-hmm. who think the hospital is responsible for... Um, a different set of horrible crimes where like vampires have been grabbing people off the street and exsanguinating them. And so what she actually does Mm. is she finds the vampires and she goes, so the police are definitely looking for you. How much is it worth to deal with this for you? Mm -hmm. Pay me some cash and I'll make the problem go away. Mm -hmm. Um, Meets up with them Mm -hmm. and ends up, I can't remember exactly how she does it, but she lures the detectives in question into a trap. And the next thing we know, they're all vampires themselves. Yeah. Um, And then, like, Scarlet, if you're listening to this, please put your fingers in your ears. (laughs) Um, The next thing that's going to happen there is that now the vampires have got links in all the police and know everything the police were investigating. Their power is starting to grow in the underworld, so you're going to start to get contracts coming in going, good God, deal with these people before they convert everybody. We don't have an answer to this. Mm -hmm. Um, But you also have on top of that, this constant source of weirdness underneath the city that Mm -hmm. you are, like you start out very, very weak Mm -hmm. and you need to be going into the undercity to get cool stuff and weapons Mm -hmm. and allies just so you can keep up with the other stuff that's going on. Mm -hmm. So like there's a a balance to it, but it's very... Like, it's very sandboxy. Yeah. It's very much about um, generate some rumours, generate some things that people are hiring you to do. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to have, this is the plot for this week. You're going to have, well, these are the factions that exist. Mm-hmm. These are what they want. This is what they're willing to pay. Mm-hmm. How do you want to approach this? Because you can't keep everyone happy. Mm-hmm. No. no. Um, obviously, um, I think we discussed on a previous occasion, uh, possibly... Uh, down the pub uh, yeah. it's completely compatible with um, the Sigean Library in the Gardens Inn as well yeah. Yeah. yeah like you would need to do a little bit of adaptation because yeah. like the rules would refer to fighters for mm. example yeah. in Yen whereas here we've given that a slight reskin and called them mercenaries just because yeah. it like it fluff it feels fluffier yeah. but yeah. it's basically all very cross compatible 250 pages yeah big old book yeah. Rat kings, salamanders, troglodyte apes, the black dog. Yeah. Where rats, where wolves, where spiders. Ooh. Yeah, so it's got a vestry in there as well. Fairy nobles, yeah. ghosts. Genius so, Lothar. Mm. Yeah. Like, it's one of the things Nothing. which I've tried to do is make it very... <sighs> Comprehensive? Not even that. It's mm. very just throw every idea at the wall mm. and some of it will stick. Yeah. And you'll work something out. Um, like there's a bunch of stuff in there that's references to, you know, films that I happen to like comics I've been mm-hmm. reading and so on. And none of it ties together, mm-hmm. but it doesn't need to, because mm-hmm. I mean, your players don't have a clue what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this is going to be weird for the sake of weird. A lot of this is going to be, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's not meant to make sense. It's meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, um, are there any particular games or movies or songs even that have inspired you particularly for this oh god so the actual inspiration mm-hmm. was a couple of years ago i got uh what was it it was electric wizards album dope throne mm-hmm. where they sing about like it's basically we love drugs and we love satan and we love mm-hmm. s- satanic drugs and shooting people and Fair like enough. the characters yeah. they're portraying in this album 
you know, the subject matter they're singing yeah. about is everything your parents were terrified that D&D would do to you, you know? <laughs> um, uh-huh. And so I kind of, that was the initial seed for it, is how do I make a game that is, well, what if the satanic panic is right? What if uh-huh. actually, mm-hmm. you know, it is this horrible thing where it's yeah. advocating killing people, shooting yeah. the cops, taking drugs, die young, Read all of that. Read yeah. car spells sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. there was very much a... Um, how to put this like there's an aesthetic you get in a lot of heavy metal yeah where everything's you know grimy and bleak and nasty mm. and weird yeah. that i really that was at the core of what i wanted the game to be mm. about um and then on top of that i'm basically just throwing in all the stuff i enjoy like there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of urban fantasy in there like i'm a massive vampire yeah. fan oh, of course yeah, yeah. um there's Maybe a lot of Call of Cthulhu references. And that sort of thing, yeah. It's a game about bad people doing dumb things. Yeah. And it's not... It sounds, it sounds fun. We should play some. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's an idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, we, we've kind of run out of time now, and we're about to um, spend the next hour recording an um, actual play demo run by Ooh. Emmy for us right here in the lounge uh, um so talk. um we're yeah. gonna we're gonna sign off and yes. you'll find that actual play on a separate podcast i don't know when it will come out exactly it's like the daryl sometime next week i expect yes um uh so uh for for now it's uh it's goodbye for me russ uh, it's goodbye for me peter coffee from the southampton guild of role players and it is goodbye, potentially forever, from me, Emmy Allen, unless they, oh, unless they invite me back on. Oh, unless... Well, you best get writing your next game. <laughs> I'm going as fast as I can. Uh, next, next week we'll be uh, counting down the top ten favourite uh, RPG talk podcasts Ooh, nice. and actual play podcasts, yes. as voted on by EN World readers. Ooh. We have had many, many, many thousands of votes. Wow. And uh, I have collated them, but I am not going to tell you right now. Oh, you have to wait till next week. Bum, bum, bum. So until next week, bye bye. Goodbye. Bye. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here.